This is the Koinos Community Church Podcast. Subscribe so that you can join us regularly as we look to find ways to close the gap between who we are and who God longs for us to be. Toddler alert. All right. Read this up earlier. All right. So you guys might know me already. You probably do. I am a Seinfeld fan. Uh, I'll admit it. They came. That came on the air like in probably '91. I think I was just getting out of college, and uh, they started. They had like four episodes that first season or whatever. But followed it. I've watched. You know, back when they were on whatever it was, TBS. I'd watch it at night once in a while. Well, pretty regularly, religiously almost. Um, and then Netflix, they came on Netflix, and so we definitely watched the whole thing all over again, all 10 years of it or whatever. But anyways, big sign for that. Not any real redeeming qualities to the show. There's not like any kind of real great resolution. You know, in a, in a typical sitcom, at the end of the show, there's like some moral thing that happened, you know, maybe ambiguously moral, but it's still kind of like, Oh, feel good moment. Seinfeld, not really. It was a show about nothing. But there are some redeeming points about it because if you're mildly clever, which I guess I'm kind of mildly clever, not super clever, but mildly clever people can look at Seinfeld and go, oh, there's some things in here that we could use for sermon illustration at least. And so there's an episode where they're at the gym and they meet this guy named Jimmy. And Jimmy plays basketball, and he can dunk, and he's not very tall, but he's got these funny shoes, apparently, and so that's part of the thing is that Jimmy can, Jimmy can dunk, but Jimmy talks about Jimmy, is it in the first person or the third person? In the, he, he says Jimmy. Jimmy likes Elaine. Jimmy can jump. Jimmy can do, right? So he's got all these things. It's like, so he's been hitting on Elaine, and Elaine doesn't know it because Elaine thinks he's talking about Jimmy over here, right? <laughs> Some other guy named Jimmy who's not Jimmy, who's not interested. And then George picks up on this because George kind of, he's immature. And so immature people kind of pick up on little trendy things and just keep on doing it, right? And so George would say, I'm, George is getting upset. And it's, I think it stuck around. You know, they had some of these things that kind of stuck around through the different episodes or whatever. But I just want to, I, I tee all that up to say today, I'm going to be talking about a disciple named Andrew. And so I'm not talking about myself when I say Andrew today, all right? So I just want to make sure you guys understand that. So Andrew likes Jesus. Yes, the disciple Andrew likes Jesus, but I do too, okay? So before we get into it, we'll, we'll take just a moment and will you pray with me? Father God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight and helpful to those who hear them. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So this disciple, this Andrew disciple who is coming up right here, probably didn't really look like that. That's what Paul Rubens, not Pee Wee Herman Paul Rubens, but Paul Rubens, <clears throat> thought about who the disciple Andrew might look like. I don't know why he's bald. But he is. Um, I don't know why he's old, because he was probably not old. But they show him each time, like pretty often if you like do like an internet search of the disciple Andrew, he's with like a, a, 
there's a cross of St. Andrew's, which is a cross like an X. Because according to the legends and myths and stories, Peter, his brother, was hung upside down for his martyrdom because he didn't want to be hung like Jesus was. Andrew, St. Andrew, was hung on an X cross because he didn't want to be hung like his Savior, Jesus Christ. And so you'll see pictures of St. Andrew with that X cross. So, anyway, just, that's, just a little, that's some, just some free information for you. But he also is not... There, so we have these four different Gospels, and they all kind of have different takes on what role Andrew played in the life of the disciples and Jesus and those types of things. In Matthew and Mark's Gospel, he's introduced with Simon, his brother. Um, in, in Luke, Simon, his brother, is mentioned first, and then Andrew. But then we get to John's Gospel, which is pretty different from the other three Gospels in general. And Andrew is the one who introduces his brother Peter, to Jesus. And the Eastern Orthodox folks, they kind of see Andrew the way the Catholics see Peter. So Peter is kind of like the first in line as the Pope is, right? For the Eastern Orthodox, Andrew is that first one. They actually call him the, I have to look at it, the pro, Protocletos, right? The first disciple, the first one called and so they're taking that out of John's gospel because he's the first one that Jesus had that encounter with. But let's look at this together and kind of see how this plays out according to John's gospel. And it's okay that they're all a little bit different. Um, Carmen and I have been married for about 30 years, and we have different episodes in our lives that we remember differently. You guys are the same way. It's like, I remember how we met. She remembers how we met. And most of those facts and figures and things come together, but not all of them. And part of that's because I like to think that she thought I was awesome, and she likes to think that I thought she was awesome, and we both thought that, but who was first? Those types of things. But as you're writing these Gospels and you're thinking about these different things, all of these people that wrote these things had a little bit different perspective. And so John's perspective was Andrew was the first one to be called. So we look at this scripture passage together. John 1 um, says the next day, John, and again, it's not John the writer, it's John the Baptist, the one who was baptizing all these people before Jesus was um, really ha- had really hit the big time yet, all right? <clears throat> so John, again, was sitting with two of his disciples, and as he was watched, as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying. They remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two other who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him, at Simon, and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. You'll find out a little bit more about that in some other episode, some other time, some other place. 
But Andrew invites and introduces his brother Peter to Jesus. Not a real huge thing in the grand scheme of things to us other than, according to John, it was pretty important because Peter and Jesus might not have met had it not been for Andrew being open to this thing. Andrew is not a typical Jewish first century name. Andrew is more of a Greek first century name. He and his brother and their family lived in Galilee, which had some what we call Hellenistic influence. And so they were kind of open to not just being Jewish people, but being kind of Greek and worldly people. Worldly, not in our sense of worldly, but in the sense of having a broader perspective than maybe the people that were strictly Jewish and didn't really think the outside had a good influence, which sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But his name was Andrew, and as Andrew grew up, he had this kind of, there, was, there must have been this sense of an openness to things that are different and to change. And so when John the Baptist came along, he's like, this is something new, and I want to see what this guy has to say. And then when John the Baptist, who he thought was pretty important and special, said, that's the real deal over here, he went and followed him. And so there was something in Andrew's DNA and probably in his brother Simon's DNA that, or not in their DNA, but in their upbringing, that made them open to these new things, being open to new people, new introductions, new things that were possible. And so Andrew introduces his brother to Jesus because something new was happening, something different was happening. Um, So he changed course. He was following John the Baptist, and then he followed Jesus, and he introduced his brother. Andrew is also the one, we find out later in the Gospel of John, Andrew is also the one that when they're trying to feed all these people, folks are like, man, we don't know how to, we're not going to be able to do this. Andrew goes and finds a little boy who has those loaves and fishes. He's the one that finds them, according to John. He sees the potential in things that maybe other people don't see. He introduces his brother. He introduces this little boy to Jesus. And both things turn out really in a special way. You know, we don't see Andrew making a big uh, confession like Peter does. Peter's the one that says, you are the son of God. We don't see anything like that from Andrew necessarily. Uh, We don't see him later on preaching to crowds like Peter did at Pentecost um, or writing books, although he's reading a book, which is kind of weird in this this little deal because I don't think they had books in the first century per se, but... Anyways, I kind of like that picture of him. I'm kind of hoping I might look a little bit like that when I'm old. Um, <laughs> without the beard. Karma's like, the beard's long enough. Okay. <clears throat> but we don't, we don't see him making these confessions or doing this, this any, anything very special. But what we do see him doing is introducing people to Jesus, pointing the way to Jesus. He knows if people meet Jesus things can change for the better. Brothers can be transformed. A small lunch can be turned in to a huge feast. You know, most of us in this room, including myself, um, aren't going to be like Peter or Paul or one of those famous disciples. We're going to be more like Andrew. We can be like him in that we can point people to Jesus without a big platform.
You know, I work part-time in a bookstore, if you didn't know that already. And for trademark purposes and other commercial reasons, we won't mention the name of the bookstore today. But when they hired me, the manager at the store told everybody I was a pastor. I was kind of like, oh, I hate that. Like, when I first meet somebody out on the street or a neighbor or whatever, that's not what I lead with. Hey, I'm Andrew. I'm a pastor at a church. Because they're like, they'll quit cussing. They won't drink. They won't, t- they won't be themselves around me, basically, right? And so the manager at the store told everybody, hey, we hired a pastor. He's really nice. I like him a lot. I'm like, oh, okay. And some of the folks told me in the last few last few weeks, I've been working there since September, it's like, man, we were really not sure what we were going to do with you. Because it's not like a, a church, which I've worked at churches for 30 years. People at churches are kind of crappy sometimes too. But the people at my workplace are pretty awesome and really nice and kind and are generous and open and things like that. And so as I step into this role and they know who I am, I have a chance every day to introduce them to Jesus in a new way. Um, before I had a chance to meet anyone, you know, some of the co- co-workers made assumptions about me, and they even admitted it, right? So, but now that they've gotten to know me, they have a clearer idea for what a, a Christian can be. You know, maybe they've known somebody that wasn't very nice, wasn't kind to them because they chose to live their life in a certain lifestyle or way. Um, or maybe they've seen something in the media that kind of causes them to go, well, the cause of Christ is not favorable to my type of person, to who I am. And so they have this preconceived notion about who a, a Jesus follower might be. But now they're seeing one pretty consistently, and I'm not super consistent. I have trouble. I get upset with customers every now and then, or I haven't really had any problem with my coworkers, so to speak, that I know of, that I remember, that I'm holding on to grudges or anything like that. But they're seeing me every day, and they're seeing, not every day, but they're seeing me when I'm there, and they're seeing some consistency. They're seeing some patience. They're seeing a sense of upbeatness that they might not have in their lives that is pointing them towards Jesus because they already know that I'm a follower of Jesus. Um, when I treat my coworkers with dignity, when I treat them with respect, when I show patience and grace, even under pressures, that's me introducing them to Jesus. And you guys, everybody in this room can do that as well. We can show patience. We can show respect. We can be kind and generous and open with our love for people who are maybe different than we are and maybe think about the world in different ways than we do. You know, in church circles, we talk a lot about being Jesus for someone. And there's a good point in that. We should be Jesus for someone. But that's also a pretty high bar for us. And so maybe we can do like Andrew did and just simply introduce people to Jesus and not act as if we are God incarnate, but we're one of God's people incarnate. Our words and actions can introduce people to Jesus, and they can have an impact how do we do that? There's a, I, I put a few things. Oops. Let's go back one. I'm sorry. Max is having a hard time following me because I'm just, let's not back one, forward one. The one with the double-sided. There we go. Thank you, Max. Um, these are the things that we can do to help people see it. And these there's not a lot of complicated stuff here, right? There's not anything that 
is rocket science or deeply philosophical or anything like that. It's just us being the kind of people that draw other people to Jesus, that introduce other people to Jesus. You know, if I have a sense of humor, you know, if somebody loses it at work because they drop something and they, and I, I can go, you know, it's okay, right? If I can be patient with that customer that obviously needs hearing aids and it is really talking loud enough for everybody in the, everybody in the store to hear that person, if I can be patient with that person, if I can be patient with the person that is crotchety every time they come through and they come through every Thursday and we know his name and he doesn't care to know our names, but we all know this guy, if I'm a little bit kinder to him, a little bit more gentle with him, if I'm really just willing to listen to the rant, listen to the rave just a little bit, then that's me showing them that this is who Jesus is like. Because we know that Jesus himself didn't have a lot of harsh words for the, for the, the people that were having trouble and struggling. Jesus had his harsh words for people like us in this room that sort of look like we have our stuff together but really don't have our stuff together, that think that we are better than, I don't know if we think, I don't know. I kind of think I'm better than people sometimes, I have to admit, and I think you guys probably do too because I just don't have some of the stuff in my life, some of the things going on in my life that other people do. But Jesus has some pretty harsh words for me because when I think that I've got it together, he can show me that I don't. And the people that I don't think have it together are the ones that Jesus wants to do something with. You know, Andrew was the one following John the Baptist around, it says, according to John's words. Andrew was the one following John the Baptist around, and he's the one that followed Jesus around. He had to bring Peter into that. I don't know what Peter was doing up to that point, according to John. But he had to bring somebody into that, and he did. And we have that opportunity with people all, away, all around us. We're followers of Christ. We're the ones that are doing this right now. And we have people all around us that aren't following Christ, that may be interested, and maybe, kind of, maybe they're looking for something, and we have that opportunity to introduce them to that person. You know, one of the ways we can introduce people to Jesus is by acknowledging our faults. You know, one of my coworkers recently told me point blank that they were not jazzed about me coming to work there as a pastor. But over the course of time, as I've worked with this person and we've got to know each other, this person's got to know me, they're like, you're a lot different than I thought you were going to be. And this person thinks that for a number of reasons about Christians because this person's got a pretty heavy load to bear in Christian circles because they're different, and they know it, and, but they're being treated differently by this Christian, the one standing right here before you today. And if they can get to meet more people that will treat them with love and respect and dignity and laugh at some of their silliness or not get upset when they are having a bad day, then we can help introduce that person to Jesus. And that's what I do every time I'm in there. I'm trying to think about how I could be a witness for Christ in this space. And I don't get up there and preach. I don't bring my Bible with me and read my Bible in the break room or anything like that. I just love on these people. And I let them know that they are loved by me and cared for 
by me. And so far, it seems to be working. And it makes me happy that I'm, I'm given this opportunity to, to pastor at this church for, these, for you guys, but also pastor some folks that will never step foot into this place. And I'm grateful for you, and I'm grateful for them. So this friend, I admitted and acknowledged that Christians can kind of be stinky people. You know, I probably said they suck sometimes. And they said, yeah, that's true. And I just told this person, I was like, but we're not all like that. And that's what I want you to know about us. And I know some people that aren't like that, that would care about you for who you are. Remember the fact that Jesus had harsher words for people like you and me than he did for people like some of my friends that I'm getting to know at work. We can be like Andrew, not like this Andrew. You don't, you, you might pick up on a few things that I've got, but I don't recommend all of them. We can be like Andrew, the disciple, um, not like the ambiguous uh, Jimmy likes Elaine, Andrew likes Jesus kind of thing. But in a real life, I love Jesus. I am introducing Jesus to the people around me. We can like Jesus through our words and through our actions. We can introduce others to him. You guys can introduce others to them. Um, and it's not just by being kind. It's by using your words. It's by saying, you know, I'm a Jesus follower. You know, I'm being open about that. I don't know if that's the thing you lead with every time. Um, that hasn't been super effective in some places, but in other places it has. But they can't just know that we're just nice people or we're kind people. They need to know that we follow Jesus, and there's a reason for that kindness. And so what I want you to do this week, I'm going to have Dave come back up here, and he's going to lead us in one last song. But I want you this week as you leave to consider that one person who you might want to introduce to Jesus. You know, Andrew had Peter, his brother. Andrew had that little kid. You know, and there's little kids in our lives that need to meet Jesus as well. There's older people that need to meet Jesus. Who is that one person in your life that might need to be introduced to Jesus? Pray for that person. Take the opportunity to be like Andrew. Thanks for listening to the Koinos Podcast. If you like what you hear, like, subscribe, and share it. You can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at CC and on YouTube at Koinos Community Church. Until next time, be well, do good, and love others.